it's me georgia simmons the founder of greedy vegan and welcome back to another episode of catch-ups in my kitchen this podcast is about all things food plant-based food non-plant-based food and everything in between in this podcast we aim to discover people's food journeys and stories because we believe whether you are a professional in sport work and beauty or even the food industry itself everyone's got a story to tell This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan. So if you do enjoy this episode, please like, share and subscribe because it really does make a huge difference. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. I am so excited to be joined by Ollie Barkley this week, who played rugby professionally for both England and Bath for 15 years. Ollie and I discuss everything from health, nutrition, fitness and diet. And it's so clear in this episode that nutrition is also a huge passion for Ollie as he explains his transition from being 18 and eating anything as long as it was low fat to later on in his career where time of day, types of proteins and even ratio of carb to protein all became huge parts of his diet. I also found it so cool how much Ollie loves and embraces the plant-based diet as often I find guys can't get over the stigma that it isn't tasty, filling or good for muscle gains and development. But Ollie kind of proves that this isn't the case. There is so much in this episode from the power of mushrooms to supplements and so much more. So without giving any more away, let's jump straight in. So I'm really looking forward to this episode, Ollie, because I can't wait to understand a bit more about what goes into being a professional rugby player, especially in terms of fitness and nutrition and also about your diet and how your diet shifted from playing rugby to now that you've retired and you're not going through all the same fitness that you were I'm interested in how your diet has changed but before we get into all of this juicy stuff I've got some quick fire questions that I ask everyone so don't think too hard about the answer okay pizza or pasta pizza sweet or savory sweet Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Juicy burger. Rice or noodles? Noodles. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. And favourite delivery? Bone daddies. Oh, what's that? Oh, God. Do you like noodles? Yes. Bone broth? Yes. There's two. There's bone daddies, one mega, and there's tonkotsu. Yes, there's one down there. Okay, tonkotsu's good. Mm-hmm. Do you like tonkotsu? I haven't had it. Have it. They're great. Okay. Bone daddies is a different level. Really? Yeah. So is it like a ramen? Ramen-y noodle soup, but they just they have these like insane like broths in them. Wow. They are, they are something, yeah, something else. Okay, that sounds good actually. I yeah, not, but you should, I have you got tonkotsu here? You should yeah. make use of that. Uh, yeah, I really should. I love it. Yeah, I make them a lot at home, but I've yeah. never um, actually been out for one. Tonkotsu's great. Yeah, I need There's to try a lovely, that. lovely one in um, Notting Hill. A really little, cute, cute little one. You can mm. sit in the bar at. Okay, yeah. I need and they to make try. their own noodles in Tonkotsu as well. <gasps> okay, I need to try it. I'm yeah. going to do that. So, firstly, let's go and talk about your kind of your childhood in terms of growing up, maybe at school, sport at school, and like 
when was the moment you were like this is my thing I need to I'm gonna kind of stick to to rugby I never actually thought that until really really late like um people find it hard to believe but when I was growing up I didn't really um I wasn't massively into rugby I was I was kind of forced into playing it by my PE teacher because I want I played football when I was growing up and he um he basically said to me like I didn't want to play rugby. He basically said, if you don't play rugby, then I won't let you play football. So mm. it, was, it was bribery, essentially. Yeah. Which I'm not sure how that goes down when you're an 11-year-old child. But anyway, <laughs> um, he did that. And but for me, I have a lot to thank him for. But he, and I played rugby, loved it, not more than football, and then ended up, um, probably most of my mates played rugby. So I kind of then played it outside of, of school just to hang out with them. Yeah. It was just a social thing. Mm-hmm. And then got to fourteen and kind of <clears throat> kind of realised that I was probably um pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty, right. good. Yeah, pretty good. Average. Yeah. <laughs> slightly above average. So um I got offered a scholarship to go to play at a school that was at that time was the best school in England to play rugby at. Um and it was bo- it was a boarding school, it was in Bristol and like Cornwall is a bit of a graveyard of ambition in mm-hmm. a lot of ways yeah. unless you have a very successful tourist business or, or, or you've got into property very early down there and my parents did none of those things and I didn't want to go into any of those things at the time so I was like cool get me out of here like let's yeah. go to Bristol and then <clears throat> and then what else where, where do we go from there and then um, the, the, so the summer before I went to Colston's Colston School in Bristol which actually has just changed its name to the Collegiate School because Edward Colston this, this bit of fun trivia for you mm. he's the one that got chucked in the um, his statue got chucked in the river the port because he he stood for the slave trade um, did you ever see that yes, on the news? yes I did see this yes they tore down his statue that's he, he that's the school I went to Colston's Edward Colston okay now called the Collegiate School because it's it's not PC yeah um, and then I trained really really hard on my own and that, that's kind of when I made the jump really when I started taking my rugby really seriously before mm-hmm. I went to Colston's and then from there it just kind of like took off really so the motivation kind of came from you it wasn't like your your parents weren't hugely like this is pushy or like teachers and stuff weren't really pushy the kind of motivation well the one that bribed me was yeah that part from that one <laughs> He's, he's pretty pushy he's about as pushy as you could get but um, I'm thankful for it now my mum and dad never pushy mm-hmm. ever um, massively supportive and loving and amazing and yeah. um, like always you know instilled confidence and belief and bless mum she would drive me around to the arse end of the country on trials and yeah. she'd sit there and stand there on the sideline in wind and rain and oh amazing and dad would when he was when he was home <laughs> it wasn't working um, but yeah yeah. I was, no never pushy I, I, I've always been quite intrinsically driven yeah um, I suppose probably you have to be to play professional sport and then you constantly have to find new levels so like when I started playing for England and then you find enough to find another level of drive again and then you keep mm-hmm. finding those levels yeah um, and I've never had a problem with like being driven and getting up in the morning and getting going and getting my ass in gear yeah. probably like too much so like we spoke about earlier on like, I probably would like to dial it down a little bit every yeah, now and then I guess that's kind of ingrained and that probably got you to where you got yeah, for that reason it's, get, it's getting worse though 
Yeah. It's getting worse. <laughs> I guess it's kind of addictive in a way. It definitely is. I mean, uh, there's a really interesting book on progress and human nature and um, the human race or human nature. And it says that we are ingrained to to progress you know mm-hmm. that is the one thing that really really lights our fire is progressing in life as humans yeah. on a number of levels whether it's through love or business or sport or just getting up in the morning and making your bed more times in the day you know yeah. whatever in the week whatever that is and it's um i suppose it's that's probably a lot of that you know yeah you absolutely just, progress is a drug isn't it definitely right. definitely so then obviously you then went and played for bath so how old were you when you started playing for bath I was. I actually started playing for England before I played for Bath. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, that's some, another trivia for you. Yeah. I'm the only. I was the only player ever to this, and this was just by pure fluke, by the way. This wasn't. Um, I tell you a story, but I was selected for England before I played for the first team game for Bath. God, that's crazy. Yeah, it was mad. And then I was announced on the first ever tour, but I, I'd been, I'd been. Uh, playing away in New Zealand because I asked Bath to give me a year off to go and play rugby in New Zealand mm-hmm. which they were they allowed me to do which is great but then I got selected for the England tour when I was in New Zealand so okay. when I didn't know a clue who I was so I turned up to Pennhill Park where England still, still train and I knew I, I was 18 like wow. wet behind the ears and I turned up and obviously knew everyone because I was a rugby Kino fan yeah. by that point I turned up and I was like just fanboying the situation yeah like, I can so imagine and then everyone was like who, who are you who are you so, what yeah are, what are we doing here oh my gosh and uh and then I I, I, I was like I don't know. where have you been I was like in New Zealand they're like how on earth did you get here and how how did it happen um I, I was selected for the England development squad when I was 18 which was like um so I was like literally was trained for like three or four months of bath and pre-season and then a month later, I was up training with like Lawrence Stanley and Johnny Wilkinson. Like, it, wow, yeah, it was, it's a bit like a dream. Yeah, it was. It, it it was it was so quick. It was scary as shit. Yeah, it was really scary. Yeah, um, fun, but <clears throat> it was more um, just happened so fast. Then from there, I went, went went to New Zealand, and then I got selected off the back of just what I'd done in the six months before I left. Mm-hmm played like two second team games like, yeah. I hadn't done a lot but I think there was like I'd capped in England schools under 18 level and I did pretty well there and, and then I went to Colson's and did pretty well there and then yeah. I was on so there was just this, it was happening quite quickly for me yeah and that's saying like success loves speed you know like, yeah. and I was moving really quickly that stage and this momentum just kept then I, so I got capped when I went on that tour got my first, it was the first cap was the first time you play for your country mm-hmm. I then came back for a year and I was just went down like flat down to earth again because I, I I hadn't I hadn't learned to play at that level yeah I was like thrust in and I I probably sank for the first six months and I was like I, I they couldn't it, they couldn't drip feed me into the team because the starting fly half who's like 60 caps for England he was injured so I had to go in okay and arguably if they could have done it perfectly I would have sort of supported he would have supported me I would have supported him yeah. I'd have come in and out of games you know mm-hmm. but that didn't happen and it was the first year it was just like wow man this is a lot different this is huge yeah so around this kind of time like what what training and preparation goes into this because obviously it's all so fast paced what's your like training schedule like at this at this time when I was at Bath when so when you kind of first went to England and then you ran, yeah and then and then to Bath yeah 
Um, <clears throat> depends. Like in pre-season, it's intense. We'll train like three times a day. Okay. And we'll wake up at like probably like six. First session will be at eight. In pre-season, just like getting massive load into you. So they basically the whole idea is that you, you like the whole like overload process is you you stress yourself to the point where you nearly break down and then you recover. Oh and then you improve and then you come back and you have to, the weekend off and then you are told to not drink or go out and party and then, so you can recover and yeah. some guys do some guys don't yeah. um, and then you do it again and that, that is a really a tough process when mm-hmm. I first did that as a, as a kid an 18 year old kid I was like guys this is it was like this is hard bits were tearing and <gasps> breaking and it was just my body was just getting used to doing it but also running into men and having men like properly like athletes run into me oh my god so that was, was a bit of a shock but, yeah um i i loved i love that part of it you know i love mm. i love i love i love the pain of training yeah really. so training i'm guessing you mean like rugby training not like gym training um or was there both <clears throat> there's both like i um in pre-season we'll do field sessions so we're on the field which will be largely technical and skill based and mm-hmm. we'll do a lot of gym training because you can't do a lot in season because mm. it, it's too it, it's very hard to back up a physical game and then yeah. go in the gym and lift heavy weights okay. so generally in season it'll be maintenance so the pre-season is your time to really get some make some gains whether it be strength speed fitness they'll try and cover all those three things off mm-hmm. um, and the idea is you've got three months to just be as physically you know able as you possibly can going in um because in season you don't you don't really have the opportunity to build or grow or get quicker or get you get fitter because games get you really really fit but you can't you can't smash yourself during the week because you've got to take you two days to recover yeah so i guess it's more like maintenance and recovery yeah mainly and then towards the back end of the season we would do like we'd be on the field for couple of hours a week mm-hmm. that, that's it yeah so the, the load literally from pre-season day one or pre-season week five or six when you've got a bit of a base you might be training six seven hours a day in, to- wow. in total yeah and then at the back end of the season you might be doing four hours a week oh my so gosh that, that's yeah. how different how much it changes yeah and then you just you know as long as you, you need to match your like you know the calorie intake yeah I was going to go on to this so do you does the team obviously have a nutritionist or do you have a did you have a personal nutritionist or was it like a team a team one um both so we we'd have one with Bath so Bath had one and then England had one mm-hmm. and then they would kind of have jostle off for who knew more he's a bit of a cock off oh yeah, really yeah <laughs> quite it's like well I know this well, it's like <laughs> just give me a, just give one of you give me a plan yeah um, is that what they did? Did they give you plans? Yeah, like personal to you. Exactly that. Okay. So, like, if in pre-season sit down, and my goal is to I want to increase lean body mass. So I would say, right, I want to put on three kilos of lean body mass. Um, like a second row might come in and be like, I, they they we might want the second row to put on to put on a stone a, start, a stone and a half in pre-season. So he his goal might be just mass. Mm-hmm. But as a back, mine was always lean body mass because I don't want to be carrying around waist. Yeah. For want of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just not useful to me. Mm-hmm. So um, my my diet or our diets, whatever whoever it was, would be tailored specifically to 
our goal and that would then and then how you balance macros timing of day like how you like how you recover like what kind of carbohydrates you recover with mm-hmm. what kind of proteins you use but I, I geeked out massively on nutrition I just love it yeah. I always loved it mum mum we always ate healthy at home like, yeah. can't, like fizzy drinks with the devil like if, yeah. even if mum heard of us eating drinking fizzy drinks with our mates you know whack that's like, so good though great like, yeah it's really instilled in my brother and I now like we we like our souls feel bad when we eat badly you know? yeah like, I love I love shit food as much as the next person to, to indulge yeah but I can't do it for like, for more than a, a day yeah half a day I just don't feel good about myself no um, and, and that, that's not like a an emotional thing that's just I think I I'm probably so finely tuned now to eating well that when I don't eat well for longer than a couple of day, a day or two, my body just goes, "What are you doing?" To yeah, me? absolutely. Just can't really handle it. So, what would like a day in the life of Ollie be? What kind of during those times pre-season? Like, what was your, what was your kind of yeah, yeah. What, what, what meal my, plan? What my plate look like? Yeah, uh, starting off with breakfast. <laughs> I want a detailed. Yeah. <laughs> it was large okay <laughs> so I'd wake up um, and my diet's honestly like it's changed a lot in the last 10 years yeah Man, like, I want to hear that as yeah, well yeah so <laughs> if I snapshot like if I give you interesting if I give you like a f- three stage snapshot as yeah. to how I developed my diet so initially I was like I'd always eat breakfast yeah big breakfast mm-hmm. and, I, and it was fine for some reason my digestive system could take a big breakfast and then train straight away but as you know very well, like what you're told to do and what you're told is is effective and bad, is, it changes all the time. And you yeah. hear different stuff all the time, so it's hard to know what is right and what is wrong. But mm-hmm. over time, when you're younger, when I was younger, I, I didn't have the confidence experience to just do me. Mm-hmm. Like how I, I'll go with my, how my body works. Because yeah. I, I hadn't had the miles on the clock to do that because I was only 18. Yeah now I'm like I mean I'm, I can sift through stuff and I'm like that's not going to work for me I'm not going to do that yeah, that, you that your sounds body. great but it's not going to work for me mm-hmm. that's great and I'll use that but you don't have that didn't have those tools at 18 no. years old so initially I would have like just cereal in the morning yeah. like, as long as it was low as long for me as long as it was low fat yeah and it was high in carbohydrate I would eat I would eat it yeah you know Fat was the devil for me, like, yeah. so I would never touch it. And would you be calorie? Would you be scanning or tracking your foods? Never, no, no, never, never do that. No, uh, even when I was younger, um, I could tell you why I didn't do that in a minute. But, okay. Um, protein was like, yeah, like if I like, if it tastes good, I'll do it. Yeah. Fast forward four or five years when my body changed quite a bit and I developed and I started playing for England and stuff worlds apart like yeah. I'd come from a boarding school diet which was just like Weetabix baked beans on toast yeah like, <laughs> like it's just like mind numbingly oh, yeah boring yeah you went to boarding school right yeah yeah I always describe it it's just a bit beige like it's like yeah your breakfast is like hash browns and baked beans yeah. and toast it's service and... station isn't it yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly what we had, and then 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 fast forward, and then um, like I would eat things like 
egg white omelets with vegetables for breakfast and then I'd have protein shakes in the morning and depending on how heavy whether the field session or a gym session would depend how much I ate so mm-hmm. I would always know what I was doing obviously a week ahead so I'd be able to plan my meals accordingly so that I wasn't heavy when I was running mm-hmm. um, my like I went from just like if it was a protein shake I, was like, just, I didn't even care what was in it I'd just drink it you just know? drink like, it younger, you need when it so much yeah when I, when I became a bit older I was like right I'd understand what Matt, I was so geeky looking back so geeky <laughs> but like what what how much carbohydrate in there is it like is it a two to one or a three to one so obviously the the more you the field sessions we do three to one carbs to protein mm-hmm. and then gym sessions we do less probably do like two to one carbs to protein because um weights are demanding on your body but when you do field sessions like the level of uh breakdown in your body is so mega like mm. just running hitting people hitting people coming to you falling down getting back up over mm. an hour and a half and particularly if the weather's good and you are like sweating like the cows come home then it you need to put some serious fuel back in you yeah so i started to look at it at a far more scientific mathematical level then, yeah probably um I mean, I, I'm probably a bit geeky in that sense as well. So that, that side of it appealed to me. Yeah, that's so good though. Like, but I guess like it's it's crucial to your performance. Like food is food is fuel, especially for you guys. So it makes so much sense to like look into it in like a deeper level. Yeah, definitely. So when you said you like being geeky about it, in what way did you research it? Like, were you super close with your nutritionist? Were you um, just reading, reading, reading? Were you watching things? Like, what made you kind of research? I think um, all, all those things. Like mm-hmm. I, I got really well with my nutritionist, the mm-hmm. England one. Um, Bath one was lovely, but I mean, I just I found this found not geeky enough, not, yeah. ba- not too basic. Yeah. Whereas Matt was um, just so geeky. Like, yeah. He had his own nutrition company. And Amazing. He, was, he made his own supplements. And, oh wow. Uh, yeah, he was probably. He's still got a good company now, actually. Name's Matt Lovell. Mm. Um, he was amazing, probably still is. Um, but I'd, I'd read a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd watch a lot. Like, I was. I just love. I love nutrition. Like I always have yeah. done. Um, there wasn't. A, I mean, now I know Instagram is such a such a readily available source of information, and yeah. YouTube. They weren't that big when I was younger. When I was starting out, eighteen, nineteen, so like nearly twenty years ago. Um, like no one was watching YouTube. No, no one was on it. Instagram wasn't 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 here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, as you know, you can just you type you get, you put you get in your phone and you can find anything in thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Anything. Literally. Anything you want in thirty seconds. And then you'd have to. Look, I'd go to Waterstones and for twenty minutes trying to find the right book. You yeah. Know? Or, like, or like Amazon trying to find the right book. So it's how we consume and access information now and nutrition as you know like whether it's um it's one of the biggest things on social media mm. right what, what what we eat and how we train yeah and there was not that was never there when i was younger which is mm. probably a good thing actually because i probably would have spent a lot of my time on my phone yeah <laughs> that's so true it's not the end of the world so what kind of plans would the nutritionist put you on so like obviously you said you like have egg whites and vegetables and stuff for breakfast protein shake then what would your like lunch snack maybe dinner be lunch would um depending on what we would what we'd always be tailored towards what we'd done and what we're going to do mm-hmm. so if we had like if it was a large session of the day 
and we like in the season we packed everything into the morning to get to cover for the afternoon I'd probably eat quite like one to one carbs protein with mm-hmm. loads of vegetables yeah um, if we were training in the afternoon I wouldn't have any carbs mm-hmm. because I could and I, I would run far better on just loads of loads of green vegetables mm-hmm. and high protein if I yeah. had carbs my body would take ages to digest them yeah and you know your blood obviously rushes to your gut when you have a heavy meal and that that is not not good for oxygen transportation when Mm -hmm. you when you eat heavy meals and it takes a lot of energy from the body to to digest food you know that's why red meat is is so tiring for the body to digest because it's like it's it's like it's animal yeah you've got to work hard to break that down um so i would never ever have like carbohydrates or red meat if we were training in the afternoon Mm. um after training, we would have a protein shake, always depending, probably with more electrolytes in it after training. Mm-hmm. Way more in the summer, actually, if we were sweating a lot. Yeah. Um, that would have things like HMB in it, like amino acids, like mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff, like pretty much like a, they'd call it like, um, one of them was called like muscle alarm, I say. It was designed to, to basically have a bunch of stuff which stopped, was anabolic, but also anti catabolic. Mm-hmm. So it was helping with growth but stopping muscle breakdown okay uh tasted like shit that one it was the best one for you yeah uh, and then i'd have like maybe like berries granola yogurt that sort of thing mm. something that i would just i would enjoy yeah and then generally in the evening i'd be uh zero carbs yeah in the evening i'd have like vegetables meat I, mean, I, I hardly ever eat red meat now but I reckon I'd bang steak down four times a week I was going to ask you this I was going to ask like, what were your protein sources back then like yeah. was it red meat or was it meaty yeah 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 it's meat everywhere like, yeah it, it, was, it was how I ran my meals yeah 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 uh, it was how I ran my meals definitely um, high protein low fat because I, I could operate really well without massive carb intake yeah so I would always have loads of vegetables and get loads of energy from those and fruit and stuff. Um, and, and also d- just love vegetables and fruit. So yeah. that was easy for me. Yeah. Um, and then, the th- honestly, the, the, the thought of having a meal back then without meat would have been like, what? what? Yeah, what even is that? Why would I do that? Yeah. yeah it's like, and did it's like mad. being so, um, with it being so calculated, did it ever kind of take the joy out of it or was it because obviously like hearing you explain it it's so it's not strict maybe it's not the word but like so routine it's so measured it's so did that ever take the joy out of it for you or uh no that's good yeah yeah uh, the, no, it, was, it was all part of a process that i loved I, yeah i loved that process of yeah. being healthy and i do love that process still uh of being healthy and it, it, it's part of my job you know? yeah exactly yeah it's so job. true so yeah. it's uh, fortunately I love cooking I love food I've always loved food like I've always my our family's really foodie so yeah. that side of it was, was second nature to me really mm-hmm. and I I think the helpful thing for me is I, I love cooking and I probably back myself in the kitchen pretty well mm. so it, you know it's, it still is food has, has always been and always will be a massive part of my life yeah. you know so fast forward to now, how's your diet changed? Because I feel like there's some changes that you've probably made yeah. since since that. Because obviously, you might not be consuming the same amount, and 
things have changed so much from then to now like how yeah how's your diet changed um a lot like my, my brother became a vegan about four four years ago oh wow okay and then couldn't hack it because he didn't because of eggs okay yeah we're, we're a massively eggy family to be like. fair i still eat eggs Did and you? i'm plant-based yeah okay yeah so that that's the one thing that like he couldn't do without yeah. like a good poached egg or yeah. egg, you know we grew up eating just, we had chickens and we grew up eating the best eggs that's the thing I feel like if you get it from the right place eggs are so fine and I feel like if you've got no reason to not eat them then why are you like not having them like, yeah. don't, you know absolutely they're, they're, I mean I read often read that they are the most perfect food source that we can get you know in terms of everything that comes from the yolk and the white and yeah they're, they're a really complete food source I, I yeah I don't think it be on eggs I love eggs yeah love them um, but then he couldn't do that so then but then he did he did stick with being a vegetarian mm-hmm. so I was just exposed then he's a good cook as well so I was then exposed to tasty vegetarian meals more often and I'd go around yeah. with really or he'd order something from a menu and I'd be like what well, that's give, nice give it yeah. yeah so that, that it, it grew from there and um, and then fast forward now like do you know what? I mean, I bought some steak the other day the first time in about three or four months, and I and I forgot it was in the fridge. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't really. I do. I still love meat. Like I'll eat meat when I go out if yeah. I know where it's from. Yeah. That's the big thing for me. Is mm-hmm. I don't if it's not organic or I don't know. Like I'm a meat snob. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think everyone should be a meat snob because I think if you actually looked where some of the things did come from, it probably really put you off. And I think meat is the right stuff will be so good for you and the wrong stuff is just yeah. not got the same no, ring to it really yeah. I think I think if there's one of the things you need to be fussy about it's where's your meat come from where does your vegetables and fruit come from mm. you know like it's, it has such a diverse effect on our bodies when we eat those things from bad sources it's so true it's so well documented now as well that I think if you know if you, you should spend whatever you can afford on the best quality ingredients you can you know they, 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 they make such a big impact on our lives and our yeah. health um and and the you know and also the earth and and the animals themselves so it's like mm. it, it's only win-win you know like yeah. you look at you look at the people that live longest and the, the people that have the there's a there's this amazing region in italy that has the highest number of centenarians that's people that live past the age of 100 wow and their diet is like all plant like 80 percent plant yeah from the earth because they're like they live in these little villages in like yeah. sardinia and stuff um and all of their they grow obviously that all of their animals are live off the land and they, they don't use pesticides because they can't no. afford them. so they have this insanely healthy diet um actually jamie oliver went out there on one of his you know he brings out different books one is yeah. on his healthy eating series wow and he can you can watch it on probably on channel four on demand but mm. he goes out there it's really interesting how they eat very plant-based yeah um it's now not it's not no secret now is it that if you want to live longer and be healthier you should eat largely plant definitely you yeah know, that, that is as you know it's yes yeah. that's so well documented now and people are starting to i mean the last you would have seen it but the last i think the last three years like even just like America's had it for a while, but just going out now and seeing like vegan, vegetarian options on a like Pizza Express menu, for example, for, yeah. example, for like a pretty bad example. But I mean, if you if you saw a vegan pizza 
pet peeves to express five years ago you're like what what is doing? that yeah, yeah what are they doing my menu. yeah yeah <laughs> but it's there's, it's everywhere now it's really cool yeah it's, it it's is. really it's really expanding and, it, and it's becoming and as you you know you can talk about earlier people are they're, do, they're just doing it better now yeah as well. cheese is getting better um, the meat faux meat's getting better yeah like, i mean charlie charlie has these rip i mean the vegetarian sausages from different companies that they taste like sausages yeah and then we try and move away from soy yeah uh we largely try and go for pea proteins yeah and um we love we, we, we are massively mushroom we love mushrooms love mushrooms love mushrooms remind me actually to give you something before you go i stock this these mushroom meatballs they're insane they? they're really really cool who and make, again who make them? it's called they're by the curators right and um they're just really really good like they've they? got nothing else in them apart from basically a shit ton of mushrooms yeah, yeah and yeah. they're just a great alternative so i'll give you some before you yeah, go they're I really cool you. thank you there's another company called you've had a vigilantes no oh the best chicken burgers really i love hearing things up because i feel oh. like i see so many different brands so that's really cool yeah so they 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 we found them in morrison's actually they do these oh, really? like they do these like they're like i sound that sounds awful on your podcast i'm sorry but it's okay. like kfc style <laughs> but it's like a chick, it's like a chicken burger but it's crispy mm. unreal amazing it's unreal and when between me and charlie like sometimes our friday night meal is like yeah yeah oh that's so good love it uh, and they do they do also do as if you had those um, like faux pork ribs from from Wagamama's. No, I haven't. Wagamama's have smashed it, but I actually haven't tried those. They're really good. Yeah. They do a version of those. Okay. Which are really good as well. Mm. Vegilantes. Okay, I'm gonna check those yeah, out. Yeah, cool. that's so good. And they're, they're like freezer options. They're not like super super healthy, but uh, if you want to indulge and not feel like rubbish, shit, yeah, yeah, then there's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so moving from obviously we heard about what you'd kind of eat in a day back when you're playing rugby what about what you'd eat in a day now like in terms of like amounts and like just to give people a picture of how it's kind of changed like your average day now what's kind of like your what you what would you eat in a day um when i when i finished playing i, I had a real i did have a real big mind sh- uh, mindset shift from how much i was consuming cause my, mm. my brain was so ingrained through the day yeah. to like not even think about quantities or because it was so it was so robotic yeah what I put on my plate and what I had what I'd cook and what I'd eat yeah I think it's something 15 years that, that happens you know yeah. which is a big part of your life honestly like it took me three years to try and turn that around wow yeah I mean I can imagine that's kind of why I, I asked because I was like it must be quite difficult because you're used to kind of training so so hard like doing so much so much exercise eating loads then there is a massive change yeah, it was a huge change. And then I, I, I learned about fasting three years ago okay. as well. Is that something you practice now? Yeah. Okay. In different ways. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of use it for a calorie control, but I also, um, like the health benefits of fasting are pretty, pretty extensive. So I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the way that feels. Yeah. And would you fast from evening to morning? Is that kind of your... Or, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I would eat dinner. So it depends. So I would eat dinner. Um, if I do, I'd always train fasted now, always, mm-hmm. and love it. I started doing CrossFit when I was when I finished playing. Oh, nice! And uh, I was still CrossFit's 
demanding, you know, like it, yeah. if you, you can belt yourself doing mm. that, like you can really thrash yourself if you want to. And I, I was eating the way I was eating when I was playing for CrossFit, okay. and I was like, I was like, I was getting lapped by like guys twice my age. Yeah, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, what's happening? And I rung up my mate, he's a nutritionist, and I was like, mate, what is happening here? Like, I'm getting my ass handed to me by guys twice my age. Yeah. Like, what are you eating? When are you eating it? And I was like, eh, before training. He was like, mate, no wonder. He said, all your blood's rushing to your gut to digest your food, mm. and you're going unlike a field session when you were when you were playing, where you where you'd ease into it over twenty minutes. Your body gets used to it, and you break down some food. You're literally eating in the morning, like what you would eat, like whether it be poached eggs on toast and a protein shake with oats and stuff like that. And then you're going and slashing yourself in CrossFit. Um, which generally is quite sort of like not you know a lot of up down movements like mm. it's quite you know it's aggressive my heart rate sometimes is massively high yeah and then all my blood was rushing to my gut so that's why I was so tired because it wasn't able to transport oxygen elsewhere mm. in my body yeah I was like ah oh. makes sense makes sense yeah. yeah and then literally in the space of a week just like yeah it just like changed so you um, don't eat before you work out no no I'm no, the same people are like how but I feel a bit sick if I eat before yeah, working same. out now so I mean I'm sure our workouts are probably quite different <laughs> what do you do to work out I actually do loads of hit and I love running yeah so as in like long jogs yeah, yeah. so like I've been building up I now kind of just do a couple of 10k a week now which oh, I love wow. um and then I do like hit training in the gym I kind of a bit obsessive when it comes to gym like for me it's like a way of clearing your head yeah like it's a good kind of people talk about mental health and meditation and all that like the gym and running that's my kind of version of meditation yeah I'm exactly the same like I, I tried if you try meditation um I have I can't do it I don't yeah. think I'm doing it properly I think you've got to really teach yourself it's a bit of a, yeah. a master thing I'm exactly the same I tried it both when I wake up, when I go to bed, nah, it's, just can't do it. I can't I just, I switch just, it off. Just like, so I have the Headspace app. Have you got that? Yeah, I would. I did. I got rid of it. Yeah, now. <laughs> exactly what happened to me. I got it. I was like, this is not working for me. No, same same as you. Like I, when I, I, I don't. I can't get on. Get on. Not the right word. I, I can't understand guys or, and girls that go into the gym with their phone and and they're like in between sets texting and calling. I'm like, no. and how? Obviously, it's ingrained. We would never be able to do that when we're playing. But it's, as you said, it's such a moment to be calm and grounded and centre mm. yourself. And you know, you when you train hard and you you apply yourself, it, it is incredibly grounding and yeah, um, meditative for a long, large part of it because yeah. you don't have that fuss of the world you don't have anywhere to be and you mm. don't have your phone and no one asking you to do anything and you you're very connected to that moment and that uh, that is enough for me yeah I'm the same you know? I don't like working out with people either sounds strange but like I like that time just to be me focused yeah. doing it then that's it done I'm exactly the same I, I, lo- I love training on my own yeah and I really feel like I really feel like so it's been on my own in general sometimes like I, I feel like when I've I'm very social mm-hmm. I have lots of friends and we go out a lot and we do lots of fun stuff mm-hmm. but I need I know when I need my own time you know yeah. I need to, need to just be on my own refill that tank yeah. ground myself get Definitely. away from the masses like my mum calls me the most extrovert and introvert she's ever met really that's yeah. so interesting 
Um, so like, I would always be, and for example, like I said to your dad, I think I said to your dad when we were skiing, my, my example my mum gave me, mum said, you n- you'll never miss a party, but you'll always be at the back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm of... kind of similar in a way that like I can I will never say no. Yeah. But I also like everyone always laughs because I'm when I'm out I just drink loads of water all the time. Yeah. So I'm kind of okay the next day, but I'll never say no. So I'll always be there. Yeah. I won't be the one like getting the most drunk or having the most fun, but I'll always just be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to be. Ever present. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good as long way as to you're be. There. Yeah. So obviously you've cut by the sounds of it you cut like your diet's changed a lot and you cut things out a lot from your diet so even we got a coffee before we started and you had oat milk so do you not really have dairy anymore um my brother sent me a video of some harrowing situation with cows yeah i mean you're sure you've seen them but they're barbaric and that honestly it was an hour-long documentary there's a couple of them that'll be on Netflix there, which have made massive, massive inroads into the dairy industry. What was it called? I forget the name of it. It'll come to me soon. But um, about the dairy industry, you know, and about the and I was from that point on, I was literally like learning about all the antibiotics they put into cows, and mm. then I thought like, then someone told me that we're the only creature that eat that drinks another creature's milk. Yeah, and I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that's just fun. Yeah, it's that's a bit. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. Why, why am I thought for? And also, like, the thought of keeping a cow pregnant basically for their whole life so they can make more milk. Just, I just Yeah, when you think about it in detail, it's a bit like, uh. Massively. Mm. It's like, shit, like, is that really allowed? Yeah, to yeah, do yeah. That? Definitely. Um, and it is, and that's shit, I think. And, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I say that, I'm a bit of a hypocrite, actually. I love yogurt. Okay. Um, and the only yogurt that I like that is I, I mean I, I always buy organic yogurt and, mm-hmm. I, and I always buy it from Yeo Valley yeah so I used to be an ambassador for them so and I know mm. how they treat their cows okay so, um, that's that's fine that's allowed yeah, you, you've so, done your research on yeah. that one so that's fine um, but the Coconut Collaborative you know that that's my favourite yeah, yeah I love them they're really really they're good they're really good um, so I'll, I'll I'll eat their stuff. I'm a yogurt fiend. I, I love I, yogurt. Oh god, I'm so good. I love frozen yeah. yogurt as well. That's yeah. like my guilty pleasure. If I yeah. walk past a froyo bar, yeah, great. Yeah, London's dangerous for that. It's just that stuff's yeah. everywhere. That is everywhere. So good in Bath. You just, yeah, just that's true. Yeah, it's farmers not many. Market, farmers markets only. Oh yeah, not the same. No. So, a question I'm quite interested to hear the answer about is if you now went back and did rugby knowing all the knowledge you have now do you think you could do what you did and be like as as athletic as you were on a plant-based or flexitarian diet uh yeah definitely i, I really do like that's the one thing that not the one thing but one of the things that i really wish and i've let it go now because it's part of life right you've accumulate more knowledge and you get mm. better as you get older if you have a growth mindset but i, I would love to now be 25 for example at your age and and having the knowledge I have now around plant-based diets flexitarian how I you know would combine those two because um I mean there are you know ridiculously beneficial factors that are involved in in plant-based diet for endurance athletes in particular Mm. I think I would I think I would struggle with 
the level of what do I struggle with I struggle with the level of meat so I would have to still eat more meat mm-hmm. because um, I mean I just don't react in terms of growth I don't react particularly well to plant based protein okay so, in terms of like muscle growth yeah so okay. so I have to like say for example like my brother can pack on decent muscle with pulses beans mm-hmm. quinoa I can't really do that yeah. my body, body just doesn't react too well to it so mm-hmm. I'll, I will love a smoothie so I'll put a vegan protein to the cows come home yeah pardon the pun <laughs> um, and I will I was, I will still eat meat now mm-hmm. I, I love I, I was always like a lot, loads more fish now yeah so I'll eat a lot more fish um, but I would just combine the two I think yeah but, I mean I definitely if I I first noticed the difference when I had a meat heavy meat meal the night before and I'd do CrossFit the next morning yeah I was always way more sluggish interesting way more sluggish yeah and um if I was plant based the more frequent I was plant based in the run up to a big session I'd be far more effective yeah I really noticed that do you think it's energy level related do you yeah, think it's because massively yeah. yeah I do and I, I think I think I think just what I've learned now is for me personally breaking down meat is just hard work for the body yeah and it takes a lot of energy mm. uh, probably affects your sleep as well so all those things you know go, yeah, into, the, yeah, go yeah. into the melting pot um but the i mean i i've also guinea pigged myself on i've trained fasted before on a, I, used to, I used to 24 hour fast oh wow so i used to do like just when i was guinea pigging the fasting thing i first was obsessed with it and i would like read books on it and stuff so i would so like I'd wait, I'd lift weights on a Wednesday. This is when I was now retired. Lift weights on a Wednesday. M- massive meat like shake with oats and mm-hmm. peanut butter and protein and oat milk and just yeah. loads of shit loads and yeah. loads yeah loads of spinach all that sort of stuff. So There's like 800 calories in a shake, and then I'd eat nothing else the rest of the day. Um, with like want to cut my head off around six o'clock in the evening yeah I was going to say did you struggle yeah yeah so then I learned yeah learned about ghrelin like the hunger hormone and stuff and yeah how that, and that, that, how that lasts for like 40 minutes okay so then I knew it? I got a 40 minute window of being like the most annoying person to be around yeah but okay that's good to know because I sometimes get like <laughs> yeah really hungry so I know I've got to wait so, it out yeah about 40 minutes to an hour the window is okay um so then the ghrelin sort of dies off again. Yeah. But yeah, I have I think I have ability to produce a lot of ghrelin because I get properly yeah. angry. Yeah. Yeah. But once that's gone anyway, so then I tra- sorry, so I train again the next morning with nothing. So I would have had anything with twenty four hours and that's the most effective I am. Yeah, it's so interesting because sometimes let's say I mean I work out in the morning and I didn't I mean I missed dinner and sometimes one part of me is like, Oh, maybe I should have eaten something. But I actually work out so well without yeah. that. Obviously, I don't mean to, you know, sometimes you miss dinner, whatever, you're busy the night before. And then, yeah, so I, that makes a lot of sense. But I wonder why, like, your body's clearly pretty... Yeah, I think, amazing. I, think it's, I think the body's way more efficient at, at, at not at running on low calorie than we think it is. Mm. Like, if you look back at... Um, I, I think the caveman diet is a, re- is a really... is a really fitting and apt... Um, case study for, for where we are now mm. just because that they had like that there is like the caveman diet the books and stuff but yeah. there is 
they had the most demanding fight or flight life of, of any of us and mm. the reason that they were so because because they were so effective that we're still here yeah really if you so think about true, that way like yeah. if they hadn't have been so effective at what they were eating hunting gathering killing managing themselves we mm-hmm. just we would never have progressed from yeah. where we, to where we are now so cheers to that guys yeah <laughs> um, nice one yeah keeping the human race alive um and they generally like they go out on big kills they go after a saber-toothed tiger or they go after something big they could mm. bring back and everyone could eat off they'd graze on um berries like all plant-based stuff in the in the in where they were foraging essentially yeah. and then they would some days they would they would go and they wouldn't have much for this they'd, they'd get used to fasting for long long periods and they were still yeah. effective at, at being able to kill yeah, what yeah, they need to eat. amazing actually. So then, they, they, then, then they'd go and kill. They'd go take it back. They'd eat for ages, and then they would. They'd eat like a lot of meat, mm. and then they would, um, they would eat for ages. Yeah, you know, they'd fast and stuff. And sometimes, if there was lack of food or it was winter or whatever, when they're doing less, like mm-hmm. they would fast for, for, for hours and hours, like days sometimes. Yeah, you, your body can survive up. There are there are people that have done thirty day fasts. <sighs> God, like, that is crazy. Yeah. I think the thought of it must be worse. Oh, I don't know, actually. I feel like that's going to be pretty tough. Oh, it's horrible, yeah. Yeah. There's one guy that does a... Th- uh, I know a guy uh, on... He's called actually called Peter Atiyah. If, if, if you, he's a longevity... This is the, the, the leading doctor in longevity. Oh, wow. He's got some wicked stuff on fasting and food. He's great, actually. Um, he's got a really good podcast. And he's a big faster. But he... Um, he regularly, regularly trains like fasted the whole time, mm. and he he like his his results are are insane. Like, God, yeah. that is amazing. So it's, it, I, there's I, definitely I, proof I, in the pudding. Like you can yeah. see, it works. But and also, if you think about, um, we can go like three to five days without water. Mm. We can go thirty days without food. It shows how reliant the body is on one one yeah. source and not the other. Yeah. So I think that's it. Like that's the, when I finished playing. That's the one thing I had to get my head around was I don't need to eat this much. No, which is hard because I just love eating food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially um, when you've been doing it for fifteen years, it's like that's a really hard lesson to kind of get your body out of doing. Yeah, you must have been really, really hungry. Like maybe it's like a mental thing, but you probably thought, oh, "God, I need to eat more." It doesn't feel natural. Exactly that. Yeah, and then I mean, get, going down from eating loving food and being able to eat three and a half four thousand calories a day and, mm. and not even bat an eyelid is 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 great fun yeah i can imagine just crack on you know yeah. and do what you, then like eat as long as it's healthy and i love eating healthy food you just you could you spend your whole day eating eating just like my idea of heaven yeah and then when you get older and you know things slow down a little bit and you don't you're not as even though i'm still really active you're not as active as you were it's like i need to really change mm. my mindset here a little definitely definitely and I've got two last questions for you the first one is about supplements like are supplements something that you're encouraged to take when you're playing or uh, and or are they something that you take now yes and yes okay to those ones uh, when I was playing um, oh yeah I was a supplement freak actually I, I probably took too much I, I was I would take I mean, protein we probably wouldn't count as a supplement because it's just no. a, sort of a diet staple, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but crikey, your list is long, really. 
like really beta aniline lactic acid buffer hmb anti-catabolic um amino acids when we train fish oils magnesium vitamin c um yeah wow yeah even that's a lot (laughs) yeah it's a long list yeah i I would i got very good at at necking pills like 20 pills no way and we'd have when we're in england we'd have like morning lunch and afternoon um which cause little pill boxes what do you call them oh yeah they're called a funny word no, they are. and like you flick the lid up and you've yeah. got them yeah. the days on them we'd yeah. have ones for like three slots for each day oh god yeah so it's like 20 pills mm. wow um, but now I don't I don't I, I take supplements but I yeah. don't I don't not like that not like that no, no. I, I take like a really really high strength fish oil mm-hmm. for like f- for the brain and mm-hmm. for joints and just general overall health yeah. I take collagen yeah um, for like just general um, like ligament tendon bone health mm-hmm. um, my ex-girlfriend's sister swore by it She's, and, and I started taking it and now I also swear by it okay um, took a really high strength one of those um, I take uh, a multivit mm-hmm. I just as a support I take and I'm really big on um, mushrooms at the moment okay so like Rishi capsules cordyceps mm. and lion's mane oh wow yeah a bit of a mushroom freak yeah wow i haven't even yeah. i feel like just research after this <laughs> these there's a there's a company called um human defense and i watched a podcast on him with joe rogan oh yeah and he talks about the neuro- neurological benefits of these certain mushrooms and how they can um strengthen various neuro pathways and wow. what the science behind what these mushrooms have done and I mean, it's nuts, man. Okay, the power of the yeah. That. Check them out. Like yeah. there's, there's the two main ones are lion's mane and rishi. Okay. Rishi spelled R E I S H I. Okay. And and the, his company's called Human Defense, but I mean, crazy good. Like wow. just, when you read about them, it's like what can they, can they really do? That? It's amazing that so much power can come from like a single thing. Yeah. Like it's, that's it's really cra- cool. It is a super like. I mean, it, yeah. It's yeah. Like, Although I don't think it's categorised, I think it should be categorised as a superfood. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, I will. That sounds really good. They, they, my dad is, um, he's got atrophy of the brain. Oh really? So in the cerebellum, so I did did a lot of research on how we could slow this down and um, how we could just try and and improve his quality of life as long as possible, really. Yeah. And um, this was one of the main ones that come up. So now me and him both take them. And has it had an effect? Uh, it's hard to know because we, we, you know, we, he's on quite a lot of medications. So it's hard to know what's working and what's not. Yeah. But um, it's hard, isn't it? it, it the science behind it is is mad, is crazy, yeah. and I will, and I, and I know that this the guy that who's comp- owns the human defense company, he's incredibly legit mm-hmm. in terms of what he's done and what he's and what he's studied, and he's a doctor of a bunch of really really cool stuff. So he's very educated on it. But when you lead, as you know, when you lead a healthy lifestyle, it's sometimes hard to know what's actually working for what for certain things. Exactly yeah. right. Other than for me, other than calories and sleep, mm. they're easy to track. Right, I'm not yeah. sleeping enough. I feel shit. Yeah. I'm eating too much. I'm putting on weight. Like, yeah, those are yeah easy ones. Yeah, they're so binary. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it's like, I'm just gonna make sure I do my research and yeah. be consistent. That's exactly. The, I think research is key because then you know. 
what you're doing yeah is right for you because you've done the research i think that's quite key yeah for sure and you feel comfortable Mm. and at peace with it because yeah you've researched it it's yeah. for you yeah for yeah sure. exactly so my last question I also ask everyone this it's my favourite question in the world what would your last meal be for uh, starter main course dessert it can be from any restaurant it can be your own cooking it can literally be anything okay um, it's quite a tough one yeah no, that's, that's such a shit answer is that about really and you ask people what music do you like I like everything shut up yeah tell, tell me what tell you me like. what you like yeah <laughs> um, I, I mean I, I love a well done really well done roast dinner okay for Maine yeah um, well, I would, okay I need, I need details so what would the what would the meat be or okay. would it be veggie no probably it would be absolutely, absolutely not no. yeah we need to draw a line if we need to draw, yeah. we need to draw a line at some stage <laughs> yeah um Lamb, yeah, good one. I know, I've, I've, I just feel I just feel bad at you know. Yeah. Little, but anyway, lamb. Okay, yeah. For sure, mint sauce, mm. uh, roast potatoes. Yeah. With like probably if I'm it's my last meal. If it's my last meal. Last meal. Goose fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred um, percent. But chopped smaller. I used to make big roast potatoes. Oh yeah. And then my girlfriend started chopping them up smaller, and I was yeah. like, "What are you doing? That's and, not that's, right. That's not how it's done." Yeah. I, she was right okay yeah. you've converted to the smaller because you get you get a way better fluff to crisp ratio yes I like that yeah so like rather than like crisp fl- and then loads of fluff you just get yeah. like half crisp half fluff really good that's so true yeah good fluff, I might take that fluff one crisp yeah. ratio um leek and cauliflower cheese mm, love leeks yeah yeah probably like like a balsamic love a good roasted carrot yes yeah like a balsamic honey roasted carrot mm-hmm. um, gravy that's been sitting there for 24 hours and yeah. has aged and is yeah like <laughs> seriously that's how you get the best gravy yeah no it's let, so let, true let it sit there it's just like still got skin on it and then you can, <laughs> then you take the skin off and then you then it's perfect yeah yeah do you know, do you know when people say I love eating pizza next day or I love eating forgetting one of these next day yeah there's actually a reason why it's the case. There's actually chemicals in food that develop and progress over time mm. to make the make it taste stronger. Yeah. So that is that that is actually a scientific thing. When mm. stuff's been left for longer, it actually tastes better. Tastes better. Day. That's actually a thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I'm f- yeah, not really Yorkshire pudding fan. No. Take a believer. Yeah. Too much fluff. Too much fluff. Oh, yeah, it crowds the plate as well. Like, yeah. It's too, it's too much going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with I'm you with, on that one. Yeah. Um, or did it always be big enough to pile everything in the middle of yeah that's okay. true the plate can be the Yorkshire pudding yeah. that's okay bowl yeah <laughs> um, starter I mean these obviously aren't going together but no I'd probably like I mean I love a I love a good calamari like a mm, good calamari yeah um, with a probably an aioli yeah yeah Ali, Ali, is it alioli or aioli alioli alioli yeah get that one wrong um Dessert. I, I've got such a sweet tooth as well. I don't want to say sticky tooth pudding because that's a bit, a bit dull, but I love sticky tooth pudding. Yeah. Yeah, with like either a salted caramel ice cream or like mm. properly, properly, like, you ever had Rodder's Cornish Cottage Cream? No, but well, I've seen it. I know the one. It's like tar. <laughs> it's so thick. Like, wow. It's, like, it just you can't even get it off the spoon. Yeah, that. <laughs> 
because when, okay. when, when if his pudding's hot, then it just starts slowly bouncing okay, to it. Amazing, love that. Um, and anything salted caramel, like yeah, like a salted caramel ice cream. Yeah, or, yeah that's like, quite good. That yeah. is quite a good last meal. Yeah, I'll probably be sick after all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's your last meal. You got to go all out. Yeah, I'm gonna die soon anyway. So yeah, as <laughs> that last meal was in, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense matter. anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway. No. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like I could have talked to you for so much longer. Like, I love the research that you've done. I think it's quite interesting because being like not really very clued up on the rugby industry, you kind of naturally think that they're all like, meet, 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 which obviously they are to an extent because, as you said, you get massive gains from that. But it's really interesting hearing like the other side. Now you've come out of it, you're still really into your fitness, but you're also really loving your health and nutrition and stuff so i think it's really cool to hear no thank you you know i've enjoyed it it's it's it, it's definitely shifted and i know that you know maybe it, a really cool idea would be to maybe if i try and find someone to help that could talk who's in rugby now yeah and see how they're eating so i reckon there's a lot a lot of a lot of plant-based being pushed now through yeah, nutritionists and that'll stuff. be interesting so, to see yeah um it's definitely been a massive shift and it's mm. great you know I, i'm all for the whole uh, the movement, I think the movement's great from both both a human point of view and a holistic point of view. Yeah, work like everything in terms of how we're definitely consuming too much, and I think it's a really really cool 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 industry to be in. Yeah, yeah. no, it's exciting. Yeah. It is exciting what's coming up because we even touched on soy. There's things going to come out about that as well at some point. So um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of yeah see it change and see it shift and see people like take it on slowly it's it is cool yeah it's definitely and it, it's mad thing how how far i mean look how far we've come in three or four years mm. and what we know like next 10 years it's gonna you know it's gonna be such a massive massive leap so i think like I the ver- vertical farming and dairy yeah. like dairy dying and um it's just like have meat substitutes and like it's yeah you could be eating insects in a minute yeah have you ever eaten insects <laughs> no I haven't I, I, we had some in, in Thailand like dried in, dried insects absolutely rank really so maybe, maybe we won't be doing yeah, that yeah okay. but yeah thank you so much and um, it's been great I've You're loved welcome. it no me too thank you thanks very much thank you guys so so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed hearing Ollie's story and journey to professional England playing I personally found it so fascinating and I also found Ollie's passion for food and nutrition so contagious. So I hope you guys did too. On a side note, I'm now offering all listeners 40% off of Greedy Vegan with the code CATCHUPS40. So that's CATCHUPS40 for 40% off. So if you're tempted by trying Greedy Vegan, head over and enter that code. Thanks again and see you again next week.